All right, so I'm reading verses 1 through 8 of Luke chapter 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. May God have a, add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a wonderful text. We read here what all of human history had been leading towards since the fall of, of man when Adam and Eve sinned, that you will win a people for yourself. And finally, on this day, it would happen as you had already, as you had died on the cross, purchasing our sin, taking the wrath of the Father upon yourself, atoning for us. But Father, if you did not rise your son, if Christ did not come out of that tomb, as Amos prayed earlier, we would still be dead in our sins. We still ourselves will be in a tomb, not, not risen unto life, but Christ is raised. And because of that, we rejoice. Because of that, we are saved. Because of that, we have life that more abundantly. And we one day too will rise and be with you eternally in heaven. But again, if it does not happen here, on that day, on that Sunday morning, then we would still be in our sins. But praise be to God, you are risen. So Father, as I proclaim the word this morning, I ask that I would decrease and that you would increase. And Lord, that your people may be encouraged and edified as your word is heard. I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Then Jesus called out with a loud voice and said, Father, and to your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last breath. These are the final words of Jesus as he died on the cross and is recorded in the 23rd chapter of, of Luke and the 46th verse. The unthinkable had just happened. On that Friday, that good Friday as we call it, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior, the one who was to save his people, 
by crushing his enemies, had himself been crushed. This man who claimed to be the savior of the world, as some mock, could not even save himself. His disciples, save John, had fled. The women who followed him are in mourning. The Pharisees have regained their authority, or so they thought. And Satan is foolishly rejoicing. The one who, had, who was to be greater than Moses and better than David had died and was to be buried just as they were. So some may ask, why are we here this morning? Why do we worship this one named Jesus? Why do we put our hope in a man who died? Some may ask this. Well, if they do, you look at them and you tell them, well, you have not finished the story. You need to, le- you need to read a little bit further. You know what happened on Friday. You know that he died, but do you know what the two angels said on Sunday, what they declared to be true. So with that said, let's begin looking at our text this morning in Luke chapter 24, beginning in in verse 1. And let's remind ourselves of what happened on that Sunday morning. This is a condensed sermon, so I don't have any, any points But the title of this sermon is, He is not here, but is risen, so that is the focus. But verse 1, it reads, it says, But on the first day of the week, that is Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. Now, who is they? If we look back further in chapter 23, verse 55, it says, The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb, and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared, and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. So these women, among them, as we'll learn later, or as you will read later if we were going to read that far, was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. There were other women there, but Luke does not name the, the other um, women. Actually, excuse me, he does, I, I believe. <laughs> he names a few others, but that's neither here nor there. But after resting on the Sabbath, they, they rose early in the morning. They're taking spices and ointments to the tomb of Jesus. Well, what happens when they arrive? Well, let's look at verse 2. It says, and they found the stone rolled away. Now when we when we read this, we begin to rejoice cuz we know what's coming. We know what has happened. We're reading history. But just put yourselves in the minds of these women for a moment. They've just seen their lord brutally beaten, tortured, crucified. He's been hanged on a tree. He was dead and he was buried. They're in mourning. They're in anguish. They have no idea what's going on. They, they're mourning. They're going there to put the spices and ointments on, on his tomb to see him. But when they get there, they find the stone to be rolled away. So you have to be thinking, what's 
entering into their minds at this moment. Oh no, has someone desecrated the tomb? Have they desecrated the body of our Lord? Is this body, has his body been stolen? What's happened? So as they carefully approach the tomb, I'm reading into it a little bit, but their minds are, are racing, their, their hearts are beating a little faster than usual. And then as they get there, their worst fears are seemingly confirmed. They, they inch their way into the tomb and the body of their Lord that they had clearly seen. Now, Luke makes this clear because I think he wants us to know the certainty of what is going on here. He makes it clear that in verse 55 that they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. They didn't go to the wrong tomb that morning. Jesus' body was in there, and Luke makes that clear. He makes that clear. But now the women enter it, and he is not there. We see this in verse 3. It says, but when they went in, they did not find the tomb or the body of the Lord Jesus. So if we read in John, or, or if we put the accounts together, at this point, they're all panicking, but Mary... Mary Magdalene, at this time, she likely flees the tomb, not knowing what is going on, believing something terrible has happened, and, and goes to the disciples. But the other women are still there. And as verse 4 describes, they are perplexed. But as they are contemplating on what happened to the Lord, they're, they're perplexed. The greatest unveiling and all of Scripture, all of what we have been waiting for. As I prayed in my prayer this morning, ever since Adam and Eve ate the fruit and sin entered into the world, human history has been waiting for this, for this moment. Will the curse of sin and death finally been been broken, or will it finally be broken? If you look back, you think of types of Christ and Moses and, and David and even Elijah. Would these men be the Savior? But Moses, he died. David died. Elijah, he was taken up to heaven, but nobody's sins were taken away when he went. So would this Christ be the one? If you think back, even John the Baptist is wondering at some point. He sent his men to Jesus and they said, are you the one, are you the one that was to come or is there another? Would this Jesus be the one who would take the sins of the world away? Will humanity be saved? We need to understand what was at stake here. The body of Jesus has merely been stolen. If his body has been moved, but breath has not returned to his body, then everything we believe is a lie. As Paul says, we're still in our sins. We're under the judgment of God, and we'd be the most pitied of people. We would have a hope that is really no hope at all, because we would have a dead Savior. But you're sitting here this morning at this sunrise service because you know what happened. You've read verses 4 through 6. You believe by faith... 
what has occurred in this text. Verse 4. So the women arrive at the tomb. They're worried. They're in panic. But they see two angels. The verse says, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And let's see what they declared on that Sunday morning. But the women, the, verse, the scripture says, as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead. And when, they're here, when they hear these words, again, I'm, I'm adding a little conjecture here, but their eyes, they begin to open a, a bit wider. Their, their senses begin to heighten. Joy begins to bubble up a little bit as there's an inkling of hope. What do you mean, the living among the dead? I saw my Lord in the tomb. I followed him. I know his body was in there. He was dead. But the angels, the angels know better. In fact, the women should have known better as Christ had told them these things. But in verse 6, the angels tell the women this. He is not here, but has risen. The tomb has been rolled away, not because somebody else did it. Nobody took his body. Nobody desecrated his body. He rolled the tomb away himself, and he walked out of it. Church, is there any greater words that have been spoken other than what these angels have said? Again, Christ had been risen. His body was not there. They saw him laid in the tomb on Friday, but he walked out in victory on Sunday. We have hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ, he conquered the grave. He was crushed by his father on behalf of us, only to crush the head of the serpent for us. Genesis 3.15 had been fulfilled. Because he lives, we now live. He did it. He won Victory. They can search up and down all of Jerusalem, but they won't find his body. And he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Again, as the angel said, he is not there, but is risen. He is reigning. He has fulfilled all things. He has purchased a people for himself. He purchases saints. If he doesn't get up out of that tomb, we would still be in the tomb. We would still be dead in our sins. We would still, we would still be buried, if you will. But church, we can rejoice this morning. We can rejoice. We can rejoice in the gospel. We can rejoice in the resurrection. And you all here believe the gospel. But I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm going to go, what is the gospel? We need it too, saints. We need to continue to hear what Christ has done. And if there's anybody listening online that, have not, that has not believed, you need to believe 
in this gospel. You need to believe what, what has occurred, not only on that resurrection day, but what happened before. You need to know that how God created the world perfectly and that man was to obey him. But Adam and Eve in their rebellion, they sinned against him, eating the fruit. And from then on, sin came into the world. And as our representative, Adam's sin was passed on to us as we were born, born into sin, rebelling against God at every turn. He's given us life. He's given us commands. He's told us to go right, but we go left. He says, follow me. We say, no, I'll follow myself. I'll follow my own course. Because of our sin, we're under his judgment. He is the righteous judge of all the earth, and he will do what is right. He will punish sin. He will punish sinners. We can't save ourselves. We know that here that we cannot save ourselves. If we could, or if that was the way of salvation, we would all be doomed. We would have to be perfect, just like God. We would have to be God. But that's why he came. That's why he sent his son. The Father sent His Son for God so of the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So Christ comes. What does He do? He lives. He does what we cannot do. He lives a perfect life, obeying God at every turn. God says, go right. He goes right. He says, follow, and He follows. He did everything His Father asked him to do or called him to do. He fulfilled the law. And that's why he could go to the cross for our sins. And on that cross, he took the punishment that we deserve. He took the wrath of the Father. The Father crushed him. That's what the Scripture says. It says it pleased him to crush his son. And then he died. As we read earlier, he gave his last breath. And as some might say, all of hell was rejoicing. They were foolish, thinking they might have victory. But Christ, in that tomb, knowing he needed to purchase a people for himself, yet he had, he had already done it. He had died on the cross for our sins, atoning for us, substituting himself for us. But if he did not rise, then again, we would still be in our sins. We would still be dead. His death would have meant nothing. But he did rise on that third day, finishing all things. And now because he did that, all who believe and trust in him will have everlasting life. All of us who have believed and trusted in him, believe in the resurrection, do have eternal life. So let's rejoice this morning. Let's praise our Father for what he has done in Christ. And again, if you're not a believer... If you're not saved, then you must too believe in this son. You must too believe in the resurrection and his life, his burial, his death. You must believe that the tomb was rolled away. That Christ was not in it. And that there is no way to the Father except through him. Repent and believe the gospel. But as we close, saints, we have hope today 
because Christ, our elder brother, he rose from the grave. He rose. And because he rose, we too will done will one day rise and be with him in eternity. It is a blessing. And that is why we worship today. That is why we are here, because Christ is risen. And because of that, we too are risen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have done. Lord, I didn't scratch the surface of the glories of the gospel, of your resurrection, of your purchasing power, that you saved the people for yourself, that in the fullness of time you came, dying on the cross for our sins, and then being raised on the third day, crushing sin and death. Death has no victory. Death has no sting. We are alive because you live. We have hope beyond the grave. We will one day be in eternity fully rejoicing. All of us together, all purchased every, from every tongue, tribe, and nation, worshiping around your throne because of what you did. Because you died and you were buried. And then you were risen on the third day. Father, we pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.